guys. Welcome to Jamin' and Jamie's The Podcast. I'm Megan Barker. We are sitting down with our favorite music creators, industry leaders, finding out how they got where they are, getting valuable insights into the music world. You can watch the interviews online or stream the podcast. Just check out jamminandjamies.com for all your jammy needs. We are sitting down with a singer-songwriter here in Nashville named Jay Bragg. And we have crossed paths many times, but we have never really sat down and had a real conversation, so I'm very excited. Let's welcome him. Jay, how you doing? That's good. Good to be here. The crowd goes wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (sighs) Um, We got to just start at the beginning. Where where are you from? How'd you get into music? Let's do it. Uh, I am from the Northeast, from New England. Yeah. Uh, Grew up in Massachusetts, first 18 years in Massachusetts. Uh, Went to college in Vermont. Okay. Stowe, Burlington, Vermont. And, uh, and then, uh, graduated, uh, in 03, moved back to Massachusetts for a minute. And then I moved to Maine, which is where I lived for Been 13 all over. years. Yeah. So I lived in Maine for 13 years prior to moving to Nashville. And I've been in Nashville for about, it's going on eight years okay. now. Yeah. And so. Is it a 10 year town? Yeah, that's what they say. It's a ten-year <laughs> town, you know. Uh, I think there's there's certainly some truth to. Uh, I mean, I could talk about that for a long time, uh, you know, about the ten-year town. But yeah, no, I think generally speaking, it takes a while to get your footing. Yeah, here in, in Nashville, I think it takes. There's a lot of. Um, I think there's a lot like for me. I think moving into town, I had a deal, and I think everybody has to deal with certain pressures of Nashville. Yeah. Being, like, kind of in the big leagues, and, like, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's there's kind of a way of that things have always been done here, mm-hmm. and um, kind of resistance to changing that and all that, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, which I'm happy to delve deeper in. But I think if you're going to, I, you know, I, I probably won't leave before the 10 year marker. <laughs> you know? Is so, Nashville home? You, you Nashville, bring that up. Is it Nashville home? is my professional home. Okay. So I was just That's in. That's fair. Yeah. That's I, fair. I was, I was in just in Maine um, a week and a half ago playing some shows. Played three shows up there with my old band, Aww. north of Nashville, um, which is still going strong. So we do like some reunion shows every year. But when I return back to the Northeast, uh, I'll be going actually back up this weekend. Um, There's no doubt in my mind that that is still where my home is, in my heart's home. And your family and your loved ones and everybody. I got blood relatives and and my friends are my family, you know. And, uh, you know, my mom is down here. My mom followed me to Nashville. Oh. So did mine. We really? are so lucky. Yeah. Most people don't have that. No. It's, it's, oh. And she reminds me of that. I was going to say, know? does she resent it? <laughs> <laughs> she reminds me that, uh, um, that how lucky I am. And you are. Uh, uh, yes. No, for <laughs> sure. And my dad is in Florida. Okay. So, um, but I have brothers and sisters, you know, back up in, in Maine yeah. and, and Massachusetts and in, in New England in general. But, yeah, I'm a New Englander at heart. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm down here. Uh, for my for my work life primarily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, take us into when you first got to Nashville. Yeah. What did you do for work? How did you yeah. How did you get into music? Like, cause you're right. It's a whole new world when you get down here. So, big fish in a small pond in Maine. Had the cushiest life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was playing. You know, the, I mean, really the sweetest gigs, like on the water. You know, opening up for like you know whenever like major acts would come yeah. into town. Because the talent pool is is thin, yeah. You know, so you if were you're in. established, yeah, you yeah. get asked to do these these sweet gigs. Um, but I just felt I I, I kind of felt like I wasn't challenged enough, yeah. You know, and I had just personal ambitions that I wanted to see through. So when I first got in, so I left I left a really cushy life and a very successful band and songwriting career. Um, Behind, came here and, you know, I had about like five grand saved up, which doesn't go very far in Nashville. Um, So the immediate things I did when I first moved into town just to make ends meet was 
turned my vehicle into an Uber car. Nice. Uh, yeah. Started a landscaping business. Wow. Um, which I landscaped um, in high school and mm-hmm. college in yeah. the summer times. And, uh, and I still, I brought all my tools. My landscaping boss in Massachusetts for my birthday before I went off to college. Well, no, before I went uh, up to Maine. Yeah. Gave me... Like, pretty much everything you'd need for to start a small landscaping business. And uh, thank God he did that, because yeah. that's what I did. And, and I started that landscaping business just in my neighborhood. Yeah, just, like just for extra cash. T- taking care of, of, uh, of yards and landscaping for, you know, mostly, like, elderly folks who yeah. just can't do it. Right. Um, I did that. I worked a little bit at a juice bar okay. in Bell Mead, um, which was the first time I actually had... Uh, a boss that wasn't myself in it's hard, maybe it? <laughs> like a dozen years. It's so hard. It was, Once you uh, get a taste for being your own boss, tough. it's so hard to go back. It was very humbling. Yes. Uh, super. I but, imagine. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, I just, I just did what, what I needed to do. Yeah. Um, and like, as a, as an aside, when COVID hit and all the gigs dried up, I called up all my old clients for landscaping jobs and yeah. said, hey, I'm back in business. And I, I just picked up my, yeah. my I, I have one, this tattoo right there is my pickaxe, my landscaping pickaxe, my grandfather's. It. It's like my blue collar tattoo, you know. Yeah. But I just you do what went you back do. to work, you know. And, right. and, but I do try to avoid uh, having a boss at all Side <laughs> at note. All Here's a side note. How, how does your yard look? Well, my yard looks fine. It's our landlord has uh, a, a guy Keith, oh, okay. who cuts the lawn, you got and, lucky. and and I do, and I I look after it pretty sure. well. But yes, it yeah. looks good. That's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you're in Nashville. Yeah. You're doing what you got to do. Co- you know, COVID hits a few years uh-huh. in. I mean, tell me some of the highlights. Like, what, how, why didn't you pack up and go? So many people come to Nashville. They're here for a couple of years, and they're like, "All right, th- I'm out." Well, so. The, the first year was really a struggle. And, you know, I think as it is across the board yeah. for any artist moving here. Um, and then year two, I started getting some some significant gigs. Uh, about year two and a half, I got asked to go on the road with Alan Jackson. Tell us and, all about that. And, yeah, so I started playing... Um, at his bar downtown, AJ's. AJ's good yeah, time. Good time bar. And um, so I got in there right when it kind of started, right when they opened. So they were hungry for talent. Yeah. Uh, and I had a pretty open schedule. So <laughs> uh, the, the whole, and the way that gig even started was um, somebody who had the, I think of the two to six, uh, gig down there, just a solo acoustic, got sick, and a friend of a friend recommended me, and they called me up, like, and they're like, can you be down here in an hour and do a four-hour show? Um, and I'm like, absolutely. So I, yeah. I went down there with, like, my bass drum, did my whole, like, one-man band yeah. thing, all my harmonicas, and wow. uh, and I did, a, you know, my one-man band show for four hours, and there was, like, five people there <laughs> I'm like this is going to be my only my first and last gig here because they didn't make hardly yeah. any money but whatever I did was good enough and they asked me back wow. they gave me that weekly gig the wow. two to six for for uh, a while and then they ended up elevating me to full band and I did for a while I was doing Thursday Saturday and Sunday. Those are good shifts. Um, for sure. And and because of my success there, re- released a, a record, funded my first solo record through, like, basically tips. Yeah. You know, tips I was getting mostly at that one bar. And uh, made my record Honky Tonk Dream. That was doing pretty well. And then uh, Alan was going on tour, and he's like, I'd love to have some of the artists that play at AJ's open up and they're like I remember getting that call they're like uh Jay Allen was wondering if if you'd like to come open some shows for him uh on the on the arena tour and I'm like 
Let me think about that. Can you imagine getting that call? What'd you say? Let me check my schedule. Let yeah. me think about it. I try to be cool about it. I'm like, yeah, oh, man. you know, that's, yeah. that sounds pretty. I, th- I think I probably worked that yeah. in. You know, you don't want to go over the top, you know. A little but, too overzealous. Yeah, exactly. So, wow. So I ended up doing... Um, I ended up doing four gigs with Alan in uh, at, uh, arena shows, all sold out shows. Wow. Um, did you do it solo? I did it. Your one man band thing? With, no, I did it with a, a four piece band. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, where yeah. were the shows? Uh, we did uh, Oklahoma City, Madison, Wisconsin. Um, we did uh, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And what was the other one? Uh, oh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, did I already say Tulsa? No. No, yeah, Tulsa. Oklahoma City. Oklahoma yeah, City. and Tulsa. And, and, uh, and, yeah, and I believe Tulsa. Yeah. What an experience. Yeah. Yeah. What did you learn from that? Uh, well, a lot of things. I learned, I learned how rare of, of a opportunity that is for an unsigned artist. You know, that's, that's pretty rarefied air. By the way, that was the most Nashville story I've ever heard. Oh, really? Where, where somebody is sick and a friend of a friend recommends you to fill in for a gig. Yeah. That's the most Nashville story. That, well, that's the thing. That's <laughs> the thing is you, you got to be ready to say yes to everything. Everything. Especially you know? when you first get here. You know, once you're here maybe eight years, you could afford to be a little pickier. When you first get sure. here those first few years, it yeah. is a great... And, and, you know, a lot of people were in my ear being like, oh, don't play H- don't play Broadway at all. Just avoid it like the plague. Oh, man. And, um, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on that. I mean, I think, I, think it, I think a lot of people can really lose themselves down there, lose Absolutely. their artistry, and yeah. really, I mean, I could write a book on that subject. Mm-hmm. But, but the thing is, you can, if if you can use it to your advantage. And I, I'm one of those people that, you know, case in point, Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity if I didn't say yes to yeah. all those gigs at AJ's. Um, and then I was, you know, in front of, you know, thousands and thousands of people. I had my parents. My parents were able to come to the shows, yeah. which was such a moving experience. You know, Alan invited me and my dad on his tour bus before yeah. one of the gigs just to hang out for a little bit yeah. and say hi, have a photo op, just like, just really, really special stuff. Well, um, I cut you off, but you were talking about, yeah. did you learn anything? Like, what's yeah. something you learned from this experience? From, from going on the road with Alan yeah. is, well, it's, it's I imagine the, those the power, were the, the biggest shows you, you'd done to date. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The power of saying yes. The power of, uh, you know, of exceeding expectations. Yeah. You know, the power of, like, I think I, I was considered for that because I showed up early I stayed late. I never complained. I didn't, you know, bitch, bitch. Can I, can I yes. use foul language? Hell on yes. Uh, you know, I, 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 I was positive. I had a good attitude. Um, even through, like, I mean, I had some horrible situations, you know, with, with other musicians, um, you know, at AJ's. You know, one, one of my drummers tried to fight me on stage oh one time goodness. on my first band gig. <laughs> You know, the, the, that's a whole long story, but but I handled it with poise. You know, I stayed positive. Um, and I think just uh, saying yes and just working your ass off and just having a really good attitude uh, endears you to, the, yeah. to, to people who can... Who believe in you? you I know? really think a good attitude, A, is so important in life in general, but I think it's extra important in the music industry because if you're not yeah. a good hang or people don't enjoy right. being around you, they're not going to want to help you or call you when an opportunity comes. Right. So good for you for having a good head on your shoulders. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of talented people. Oh, sure. Extraordinary talented people that sure. have bad attitudes, yep. and I don't call them. That's you know, right. I, it's it's. I'd rather deal with somebody who's maybe... A, you know, little la- lighter on talent, but heavier on character. Absolutely. Character <laughs> is everything. 100%. So, um, but I, I also, uh, I also, you know, got to see firsthand, um, you know, Alan has built, you know, an extraordinary loyal, loyal fan base, yeah. you know, and got to, to meet all those, those folks. And, um, you know, I also learned the value of of uh, of how to 
uh, keep good musicians, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you got to take care of the people that, that are working hard for you. Um, lift them up, you know, you're asking them to, you know, you're like the player coach, you know mm. what I mean? It's, you it's, are, you're the leader. Exactly, and, and you, have to, you have to make sure that your, your musicians, I mean, a simple little thing, like, um, you know, I always like it when the front person introduces the band, mm -hmm. you know, because for one, I think it's good for the audience to know who these guys are. You at least put a attach a name to the face. Yeah. But also it lets the band know that you appreciate them Absolutely. enough to take time and give recognition. Yeah. The spotlight does, it's, it's it's you you might be in the direct spotlight but you want to shine light on everybody, you know, around. So um those are some really and those those are type of you know that, that's experience only. Like like you're you're your run-of-the-mill, you know, flavor of the month TikTok star is not going to understand those values of of how, how stagecraft and and how to keep a man, how to how to how to actually talk to musicians, how to talk to your audience, how to talk to fans, yeah. how to bring them into your heart, you know, yeah. uh, how to how to show be vulnerable, but also you know. Um, have control of, of, of yourself and self-discipline, yeah. all these different things that you learn from just doing it, yeah. uh, you know, the, the 10,000 hours. Or whatever. And we've talked a lot about this with a few other guests about the whole TikTok thing, and, mm -hmm. and there's definitely pros and cons to all of it. Sure. But, yeah, that's something that I don't think you can you can learn overnight. That's something with 10,000 10, hours, like you said. And, um, you know, we've heard a few stories around Nashville of some TikTokers that got their, their big shot and they had never even played a show. Yeah. And I would love to get inside the mind of these label people. And again, I'm not saying that these people don't deserve an opportunity to get signed and go on the road and all this, but wouldn't you at least help them get some shows under their belt before you guys have them opening for some big that these are just my my thoughts well and and i but i think the labels are completely out of step and and, and out of touch with reality they don't know like tiktok is basically the equivalent of napster you know back napster was a major disruption to right. the music industry top yeah. to bottom absolutely and what saved the music industry really was like spotify in a lot of ways people like to to badmouth spotify but if spotify didn't come in and monetize recorded music yeah. we would still be on limewire just file sharing and absolutely there would be right. zero value at yeah. least you know there there was a system where where you could get all this music and, and there was, you know, that the, the creators would get yeah. something and, and that the public would understand that creativity isn't just free. That's right. So, it can't be. But tick, TikTok uh, is another disruption and, like, labels have, you know, th they're in structural decline. Mm -hmm. Like, the label, the radio, especially country radio uh, and, and, and Nashville labels are really struggling because the old model of minting a star, right. uh, you know, signing somebody who's just up and coming and, and kind of grooming them um, and, you know, g getting them on, you know, the Jimmy Kimmel show or SNL and getting, you know, written up in, in, in your regular, like, publications and right. things like that. All that, that whole formula just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Like that institution is is now like dead and and in decline, uh, so these label people are like, okay, well, what are people consuming? And like, all right, this guy's got you know six million views. Let's sign him. Like, not really knowing how and not understanding the fact that you know fifteen second clip on TikTok is not going to. Uh, equate into a 20 year career you know and maybe they're not looking for that I don't know well yeah and, and a, a lot of them are not um, you know but shouldn't we be shouldn't we be well you you, you, know? you want like you want longevity right so uh, the, the label doesn't really care about longevity they they would they could you know they, they churn them out right. it's, it's, it's you know Pump them in and turn them out as quickly as possible, just as long as 
revenue keeps on coming that's in, right. so they can keep on paying right. their and bills. And I get that to a degree. You know what I mean? I, I totally but get it. Th- that's that's been in the pop world for years. You know, yeah. th- there's, but um, the artist has to be mindful of of uh, that it's you know that it's a long game, and just because you're a flavor of the day, you know, there's a ninety five to 99% chance uh, you'll be forgotten tomorrow. Especially yeah. with with so much in the channel. So That's much right. in the channel. You know, th- nothing stays any longer. And, and like, I mean, even the, even the biggest stars, you know, I, you know, for instance, I remember Beyonce's record came out and it was, uh, it was, it got glowing response from all the regular publications um, probably a great record, but it's crazy that like none of her music charted in like the Spotify top fifty. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, it's the the art was great. She's got a big fan base. She's got obviously a huge machine behind it, but it got no traction. People really weren't listening to it in mass. That. So yeah. even an artist like Beyonce can't get traction. So what does that say about? Your average Joe who's just making music in their living room. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's, the, these are really, it's uncharted waters. That's exactly it, it is we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We and, don't know and, what we're and doing. And what works today might not work exactly. an hour from now. Yeah. Know, so. Well, I think that's more than ever, it's so important to just follow your gut, make great music, try to enjoy it along the way because so much of it is unknown. A lot of it is luck. I mean, yeah. and I really do believe that luck is, what do they say? It's preparation meets opportunity or something yeah. like that. But there's still that element of an outside force that you can't control. So I, I say just just follow your gut. What would you say? Exactly. So if you no. were giving somebody some advice in today's industry. I would, I would say concentrate on the essence rather, rather than the trapping. So, like, what I mean by that is... Concentrate, like, your, your goal should be to make great art, yeah. not to sink, to land an endorsement deal, right. which is what a lot, a lot of people are putting, the endorsement deal, the influencer side of things, that, that is the main goal, and music is just the vehicle that yeah. they reach that goal. Um, that may work in the short term, but if you want to have a long-term career, if you want to be, like, I look at, my my biggest I'm going to see Bruce Springsteen on uh, on Saturday in in, in Foxborough. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like Willie Nelson. These guys who have been doing it, like they're in their 70s, 80s, 90s with Willie. Uh, you, if you're going to look for the long game, the music is the essence. Has to be the yeah. first and foremost, most important thing. I, and and the, all that other stuff, if it's great, it may follow. But you also got to be careful about endorsements too, because. Once, once you, you know, once you take that apple, you know, it is forbid. It can be forbidden fruit because you you could be stifled with what you can say, Mm -hmm. because now you have corporate over your shoulder. Got to be careful what you sign in this town. Exactly. Yeah, and it used to just be like record deals or management deals or whatever, but now it's it's true. You could have contracts thrown at you if you're successful on Mm -hmm. TikTok or Instagram Mm -hmm. right now, like as an influencer. Mm -hmm. You got to be careful what you sign. People send you crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. If you read the fine print in some of this stuff, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. I have friends that are, are way more successful online than I am, and I've seen some of it, and I'm like, I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you called your lawyer. Yeah. I'm so glad you called. Yeah, having it's a crazy. having a lawyer like artists are terrible at reading uh, contracts and well, things like Well, they're deliberately you oh, can't understand they're ma- it. Manipulative. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Double triple negatives and you're like, "What?" Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, and I do get the allure of of having to try to be an influencer before music. Right. Because you you have to build everything yourself now. You've got to build your own fan base, and mm-hmm. and if you shove your music down people's throats in every single post, it gets yeah. old. So people try to do other things. People and, tune and out to yeah, hype. If it's if if, if if it's just a constant hype machine, people yeah. tune out. So you've got to put other things in your content. You know, and and I think too, like what is fascinating, like I think. I like it when other artists evidence their humanity outside of uh, their whatever art that yeah. they're doing. So say if like, you know, somebody's really into fishing or yeah. cooking or, right. you know, like, you know, uh, has a pet and, yeah. you know, 
like these like kind of quirky things that evidence real humanity yeah. outside of like just the hype machine of, of, of yeah. what they're trying to sell. Like let me into your life. Yes. Let me into your that, life. That I think that is it's not only smart but it it's it just shows a well rounded, three dimensional person. Well, that's what people fall in love with. Yeah, people fall absolutely. in love with characters on TV because they know about their life. So you're kind of like a character on TV yeah, you in want that the, way. You want that backstory. Yes. You want you want to know that there's you know that they're to three dimensional. To. Yeah, yeah. I saw an interview with Hannah Dasher this mm-hmm. morning online. Side note, and she was like the queen of that during COVID. She said. She started cooking online because everyone was so divided and all this craziness was happening. Mm-hmm. And, and she was like, well, everybody can agree on coleslaw and <laughs> tater yeah. tots or whatever she said. And it was brilliant. Yes. And it brought all kinds of people together. And it was so great for her music in the end, too. Like, f- food is one of those things that binds us all together. It really is. Uh, Life's simple pleasures. You know, and, and honestly, like, humor is, yeah. like is another thing that is like this kind of common language. You know, there there's taste that comes into it, you know, with food too, obviously, literally. Literally. But, but um but yeah, f- food uh is 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 one of the I mean, I love to cook. I if I wasn't in the music business, I would probably be in the in the food business. Oh wait, let's talk about that. So what what do you like to prepare? You're Italian, you so were talking I, about yeah, it earlier. I mean, Italian, do you go like this? I yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pasta fajoule. I make the. I have the best pasta fajoule recipe. Wait, what is that? Uh, pasta fajoule is, a, you know, the great Italian food is is all peasant food. So pasta fajoule is, it would be something that your southern Italian cultures would would make out of basically things that are in their cupboard. Gotcha. You know, um, probably most often during the winters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's. It's literally, it's, it's bean and pasta soup. Aww. But, um, you know, good, like I just made a, uh, you, know, a, a, you know, just a pasta sauce the other day. Just went back to the basics. Good Italian food is, is all about, it's simple, simplicity. It's about, a, you know, using the, the proper ingredients and the timing. Yeah. So like a, a simple, do you want to hear about my, uh, like a pasta sauce? I would love to. Okay. So... <laughs> Um, I'm a foodie, though. I um, I went for a long time without ever. I, I wouldn't allow a, a jar of store-bought sauce. <laughs> a true in, Italian, in right? Um, but uh, there are some good ones out there that that I'll cheat and, and 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 buy just to save time. But so I I but but really like you got to start. It's very very simple, but. You know, you start with your uh, olive oil, a good good olive oil. You know, diced uh, onion. Mm-hmm. Um, you th- you know, and then you you want to dice up some uh, garlic. But the thing is, with the garlic, is you can't let it saute very long. Mm-hmm. Like really, it's like fifteen seconds, oh. and then because it'll start to brown very very quickly, and then once it browns, the whole thing you might as well just start over because Whoa. it will turn bitter. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because I just learned something. <laughs> yeah, garlic becomes bitter uh, very, very quick. Once it, once it gets overcooked and browned, you you got to start from scratch. Interesting. Yeah, it'll ruin your whole sauce. So once you get that like kind of going and get pretty translucent, then you got to go like San Marzano tomatoes. Okay. You know, Cento the San Marzano. Deal. Yeah, and you take the tomatoes that they're whole tomatoes in the in the can. Open up the can. But they're whole tomatoes, so you take them in your hand and you just squeeze them and, and emulsify them in your hand and you just squeeze them into your... Because that's how the peasants did it. That, exactly. It's all peasant food. It's yeah. all peasant. And, um, and then from there, you take, uh, you take uh, some basil, some fresh basil. And you don't, don't cut it. Oh. You don't cut it you, with a knife. You, you just rip it. You just rip it. Uh, and and when you rip it, it releases some of some of those oils in in ah, the in flavor. the yeah, which which releases some flavor. So I mean, these are old world recipes, simple, simple. But you know, and then a lot of people, it, it's like making an egg. It's it's simple, but it's very it's it, 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 the timing has to be just so. You can yeah. easily screw up an egg easily. You know, it's, it it's really actually making an egg is one of the hardest 
things to, to master, I think, in the kitchen. It's a, it's a good rudiment. I bet cooking. they start with that in cooking school. I bet they start with like something making rudimentary, an omelet, like an omelet. Yes. An omelet is, that's a labor of love. Yeah. It truly is. It really if you is. want to show somebody you love them, make them an omelet. I love that's, that. <laughs> that's better than flowers. <laughs> well, songwriting is kind of like cooking. I yeah. want to hear about your songwriting process. Yeah, so it usually starts, starts with lyric. Uh, lyric ideas. I come up with lyric ideas uh, all the time, just usually doing mundane things. I, I come up with my best ideas walking. I do a lot of walking. Really? Okay. Outside? Yeah. yeah. I, have a, I have a puppy, and she requires, you know, about at least four, hour, four miles of walking a day, probably. Yeah. Uh, so I spend a lot of time walking um, and... I'll process things in my head and something will come in there like, oh, that might be a good idea for a song. And, and I got, I got to, you know, I use my note app on my phone and, and, and jot all. down. Yeah. And, and just jot down the ideas and come up, you know, just come up with as much as you possibly can in the moment while it's there. Cause it's like catching lightning in a bottle. Yeah. But usually it starts with a lyric idea and usually the lyric is musical in some way. So some lyrics just feel like, you know, they're a waltz. Some, yeah. some lyrics feel like they're a ballad. Some feel like they're more up-tempo. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can, you know, when that divine inspiration comes, uh, you know, if, if, if you have any ideas for, for melody, you know, I always try to get that down yeah. as well, too, on my walk. And then, and then I'll go back, you know, when I get back to the house and try to... See if see if anything comes. Thank uh, God for our phones, from, yeah. right? Oh for my sure. gosh! Yeah, because now you can you can just like record any idea it's, you have. It's yeah, but that also that also can work the other way too, where you have like a billion ideas and you you, you know it's hard you know to pick out the good ones because what a you good got, problem to have. Yeah, though. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you but, know, yeah. you th- think about like you know. Before these smartphones, these guys, the, these, you know, Paul McCartney, you know, uh, came up with the, the melody of yesterday and, and wrote yesterday and, you know, w- uh, uh, without any without any assistance like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, he said, if it's a good enough idea, it'll stay in your head. I do believe that yeah. to a degree. I, I, I really do think there's a difference. I mean, and I don't know about you. I co-write a lot. Yeah. And when I leave the co-write and later that day I'm humming it I know it, it's a good song mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that, that the ones you don't remember are bad but I do think it's a telltale sign mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, for sure and I did a lot of co-writing I don't do as much anymore um, my process is just I wouldn't want to I, I don't I'm uncomfortable putting people through my process because <laughs> it is so unusual and it is it, it requires Solitude, yeah. really. For me to write, I need absolute silence. I need uh, and 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 um, sometimes I have to get up, leave, go for a walk, think about it, come back. Um, and I, w- when I have the pressure of other people in the room, uh, I, I, it's I I am not I. I'm not at my best. Yeah. I really am not. And like I've, well, I've written some. you need to some, know yourself too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I've, and I've done some great co-writes. Oh, and sure. like some, some songs, you know, that, that, that are my, my best songs were, were co-writes, but I haven't done a co-write in a, in a long time. And I write a lot. I write, you know, daily. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, right now, uh, you know, I don't, I really, and, and it's hard, like, inspiration doesn't come, like, at a 2 p.m., you know, 2 p.m. when we're getting together to write. It, it's like, right. I, it can. I can conjure it up and churn it out. Um, when I think of all my favorite writers, 100% of them, none of them co-wrote. Right. None of them. Well, it's a totally different kind of writing, I think, because I, I wrote for 10 years by mm-hmm. myself before I even co-wrote. Now I co-write all the time. Yeah, yeah. I write, still write by myself, though. Yeah, I yeah. think it's apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. I think they're two different animals. Yeah. And that, that's just me, but it sounds like you're the same because a lot of my favorite writers, John Mayer, right. write, writes by himself. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, I have mad respect for people who can just 
turn that thing on like a light switch. Yeah. Um, well, that's the expectation too. It's a, it's a job in yeah. Nashville, for sure. I've I've had a lot of co writes too that like I feel like when I do co writes now I I I um I. Tr I try to go with somebody else's idea rather than my idea because I'm so married to my idea. That's smart. And uh, I think I've, I know I've lost, I've a lot of what my idea, you know, my initial inspiration got completely distorted and ended up being something that was kind of yeah. weaker. Yeah. Well, well, you know, really wasn't a, a, as true to the nucleus of the idea and of, of, of of the brilliance that that, yeah. that of that kernel that I had, so I'm more like, well, what do you got? You yeah. know what I mean? And, and yeah. I like I like that. More. I think that's more fair to the co-writer too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, tell us about your new music. Uh, so I um, have been working on, uh, as you know, I've I've done a uh, Christmas charity concert for a while. I've I've always so my dad is still performing to this day. He's my dad is awesome he, he plays like two to three gigs a week at nursing homes and stuff oh, um i have always wanted to make a uh you know a christmas themed album and i've done a songwriter's christmas now um this will th this coming year will be thir third annual so exciting. Um, and i it really uh it really kind of like uh, inspired me in a lot of ways not just like you know songs about speci specifically the holiday but more of the spiritual side of things of, of like the idea of compassion of caring for those less fortunate you know um, of, of being community minded of bringing people together um, and uh, you know so I'm like, I've written a lot of Christmas songs myself. Uh, I I want to do a full length Christmas record, and so I had this idea. I've been wanting to do it for a long, long time, and I finally was like, "This is the year I'm going to do it." And so um, I got together with uh, this guy Brooks Sutton, who owns a studio called the Studio Nashville, uh, not too far from here. Great, great studio. He's an amazing. Uh, musician, he's an upright bass player. Um, I think I did a show with him. He's amazing. Yeah. He is—he's one of the best musicians I've ever worked with. Uh, and you know, I—I I booked some time. I wrote—I uh, wrote some songs, um, and we got in the studio, put together. There's ten different musicians on the record. Wow. And range. It is like. The album I made is some is is literally something that uh, you know I think the the biggest inspiration sonically was what I want to hear yeah like around the holidays and and, uh, and 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 even outside of the holidays like different elements so you got a little bit of New Orleans music in there you got a little bit of uh, uh, you know, northeastern like like uh, more New York jazz. You got a little bit of country music. You got some Memphis flavors in there. I can't wait to hear um, it. You know, there's uh, so, my steel player was uh, is uh, Hank Jr.'s uh, full time steel player, nice. banjo players from Steel Drivers. Wow. Uh, who you know, which is one of the well, best bluegrass bands ever, um, and. Uh, you know, uh, bass drums. Uh, what else do I have on there? Uh, guitar, uh, keys. Um, it's it's pretty amazing. So it's it's going to be it's eight songs that I wrote, and then five uh, classics. Wow. Yeah. So do we and have it, a release date? And it's called Light It Up. So it's called Light It Up. Light with it a up. Cute name. So Light It Up is is actually. The, the title track I just released on Friday and, and Light It Up, the song is not a Christmas song. It's a gospel song. Aww. And um, Light It Up is, I wrote that song after um, the, the uh, Covenant oh. shooting, um, which is a horrific 
you know, uh, hor horrific tragedy. You know, uh, three nine-year-olds, and I don't, I don't want to like get like but really yeah, depressing we don't, we don't, here. We don't need to go there. <laughs> but you know, uh, th three nine-year-olds and and three adults lost their life uh, senselessly and horrifically. Um, and I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of feelings on how we should avoid or how we can help avoid these kind of problems mm -hmm. in the United States of America. Um, and I have, there's this great proverb, it's a Chinese proverb that says, you better to, better to light a candle than curse the darkness. And mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And with my music and just being a person in the world, it's very easy to curse the darkness. There's yeah. darkness all over the place. And, you know, online and, and in our conversations, uh, a lot of times that's what sucks the most oxygen, yeah. you know, is, is, is cursing the darkness, is like bitching about... Everything. Everything, okay? Um, and I, I can do that too, believe sure. me. Believe me, We're I do. We're human. Um, but that's what but Light It Up is about. I've also been given this, this gift of music. Yeah. And one of the great joys of my life is seeing the joy that it gives others, mm. okay? And I know firsthand that music can not only lift your spirits, but it can save a life. Absolutely. Um, so after that, after that tragedy, I, I wrote the song, Light It Up. And it's, the lyric is, when you see the darkness, you gotta light it up. When you feel the darkness, you gotta light it up. There's sadness all around, but it can't bring us down if we have the courage to light it up. And, um, Second verse is uh, when they're telling lies. There's a lot of lies going around out there. You know, you got to light it up. When they criticize, you got to light it up. Because uh, when you shed a light, fear has nowhere to hide when you have the courage to light it up. That's beautiful. And then the last verse is uh, truth won't be revealed until we light it up. We can't start to heal until we light it up. Won't you help me be the light I want to see? Mm use the shine in me to light it up. So it's gorgeous. It's basically this hymn. It's a, it's a gospel. It's a prayer really, um, of being the light, uh, and, and, and being adding brightness. Um, because although, you know, you need, you need to fight against, um, against injustice there, there, that needs to happen. There also needs to be, uh, the, there also needs to be optimism. You know, we need to find the hope. We, and it's, sometimes it can be hard. And music is one of those things that can help you find hope. And that's what Light It Up is. That's what Light It Up is. Good yeah, for you, That's what man. that song is. It's, yeah. it's literally about just lighting it up. And, and I didn't write it to be like preachy. I really wrote it as a challenge to myself. I like how you called it a prayer. That, I think that we it all is. need a prayer. It is a prayer. <laughs> We all need to come together and, and light it up because you know what? The, the social media, the internet, we all talk about this all the time. It brings so much darkness. Yeah. You turn on the TV, the, the news, so much darkness. So it is. good for you they bringing thrive some light. On that. They, they, do. They, they do. They know full well the algorithms of, uh, of, of hate and anger and, right. and outrage um, sell way more ads Absolutely. than positive messages. They watch the social network. If exactly, you <laughs> exactly. I mean, in that that yeah. shit is like really dark. It is like and knowing it's the a hole. knowing the results. Uh, when you really look at the results of of depression and suicide in the direct links to oh, uh, social media. It, and, and them knowing that, it's, yeah. it's really... Well, that's the expression, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll leave it at that. But yeah. thank you for, for writing a beautiful song that yeah. will lift us up. You we know, need that. And I, I yeah, I, I feel like I needed it. I, so I, it, I wrote it specifically after um, the I attend a church in, in Green Hills called Woodmont uh, Christian Church. And... Uh, you know, one of the members of that church was one of the girls who died, mm. nine-year-old, and uh, her family was, attended the church. And I remember him, the the uh, Clay Stoffer, he's the, the the senior pastor. He said, uh, you know, Evelyn Dickhouse was her name. You know, she was a shining light, and she would want us to spread that light around a world that needs it. Mm. And 
the, I went home and I wrote that song. And so mm -hmm. that song is for Evelyn. That's her light, you know. Um, and um, Clay Stoffer just, he, he sent it over to her parents uh, the other day. Mm -hmm. And I, I, just, I just hope that Evelyn can, you know, looking down somewhere and can smile knowing that people are, are lighting it up yeah. for her. You know what I mean? Seriously. Well, it's beautiful, and I love that it's on a Christmas album. So and it's going to be, be the title track. Yeah. Yes. And, and the, that's the title track. So Light It Up is out. The Christmas album, the, the full length will be out. You know, uh, it, it will, I, I will have to probably wait till Halloween is over, right? And then, okay. Yeah, you know, begrudgingly. <laughs> right. Everybody's putting songs out now in October for Christmas, and I'm like, oh, I love Christmas music, but it's so yeah. Much. So the first probably probably the first Friday in November. Is, I love is, that. Is, 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 That's is, perfect. Is, is, give me Halloween. Yeah. Just give me Halloween, exactly. and then I'm ready. Exactly. Yeah. It's I, literally November first is when all the Christmas music starts in the stores. So right. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'll. I'll. And well, and and you know, it's it's in. Like, if you go to any of the, like, if you go to, like, Target or Walmart or something like that, I mean, it they start putting Christmas stuff out in, like, early right. October. It's so. true. It's I, true. Um, but I do want to give enough enough time, you know, so you get a couple a couple of months. Uh, and it's going to be on va uh, yeah. a vinyl. I'm doing a vinyl Congratulations. run. Congratulations. That's uh, so exciting. Which I've never done before. And it's, it's certainly an investment. Uh, but... I think all my favorite Christmas records are on vinyl. That's right. And you've waited years to do this project. Yeah, you exactly. You might as well do it right. And it's like, you know, the the even if you don't have a record player, it's you know, I really invested so much time and effort and thoughtfulness and and used some a re, some really great artists to to design the cover. So the cover yeah. itself is a piece of art, you yeah. know. It's 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 really uh, you know exciting stuff. So that's so exciting. Well, um, congratulations. Yeah. And do you know when your Christmas show is? Yeah, it's gonna date? be December third at Third and Lindsley. Woo! Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so, so exciting. The songwriters Christmas tickets are already on sale for that. Oh my gosh. Okay, we'll link. Yeah. It. Well, well, I'm still putting together the the, the, the lineup yeah. itself, um, but we have some pretty awesome acts gonna that's gonna so perform. Exciting. And uh, it's going to be uh, uh, the it's going to benefit the W. O. Smith Music School, which is uh, a music school uh, here in Nashville on Eighth Avenue that gives music education to um, kids from low income families. Oh, I love yeah. that. So, oh. and I started a a charity fund called the Gift of Music Project, and it's all about uh, music education. Mm -hmm for kids who can't afford it, basically. And oh, we're I doing, working with, with the Gift of Music Project, we're working with uh, Napier Elementary School in the Napier District, which is like super poor. Um, I've done some volunteer work over there, but we're going in, uh, I think, mid-December, me and my fiddle player, and we're gonna perform for the kids, oh. some Christmas, we'll give a little Christmas concert in class. I love stuff like and that. And we're gonna give them all like, some sleigh bells that they, you know, it's a, a little gift of, of music that they can take home. And I love stuff like so, that. Yeah, you know. Christmas is the best time of year. I usually try to do something like that too. It just, there's so many people who don't have light. Yeah. And it's so important to spread it. So. Well, and you know, that's, that's the thing is if we can kind of get in that mindset, the, the other 11 months, I think we'd be in good shape. You know what I mean? One it doesn't have doesn't have to be just <laughs> December. They, you know, that's kind of that's kind of my life goal. Yeah. Um, with 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 my music and just my philosophy. You yeah. know. Well, I love your philosophy on everything. Yeah. You know, and it's something so so simple. Like I started, I started. You know, one good deed inspires another one oftentimes mm -hmm. and you have this ripple effect of goodness it's true so i what i started because i do a lot of walking i i now when i go for a walk i take a trash bag i got one of these grabbers and i just go in and pick up litter on the side of the road because you can well yeah it's it's so easy to do mm -hmm. there's so much litter in nashville um it is so easy to do and you're and walking anyway you're already walking and not only does it make the community look better, but other people see, like, people will stop me all the time and be like, hey, man, are you just picking up trash randomly? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's really great. Thanks for doing that. And, like, 
you know what? They, hopefully, they go. They, that fills them up. You inspired them. Yeah, they, they'll go yeah. and they're they're and, and, and they'll do a good deed maybe when they get home yeah. or in the world. Exactly. You know what I mean? So spreading light. Something I've always said is, if you have the ability to do something, you have the responsibility. To Absolutely. Do so those are words I kind of live by. Right? I try to. Yeah. <laughs> No, and it, it and it's hard. Uh, you know, it, it you have to challenge yourself to yes. to, to live that way because yeah. we live in a very selfish society. Yeah. You know. Well, and you don't have to be perfect. You don't have no, to. You don't have perfect. to pick up trash every single time but you go for a attempt, walk. But just you know? try. Yeah, I love that. Take five minutes a day. You know, do a random act of kindness every. Try to do one a day. You know, yeah. it's easy. It's That's easy. That's three hundred and sixty-five a year. To, you know, uh, another thing that. That you can do, um, you know, over like, say you're at Kroger, you know, checking out, you know, those people have, those people have, that's a tough job, you know, mm-hmm. it, to be like, hey, you know, I just want you to know you're doing a good job, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, that. Or even they, a compliment on, a compliment. on their appearance, they, even, they, I think. Yeah, they, people light up. I compliment people all the time, and they light up. I'm like, has nobody told you that you look great today? No, and it's, it's a surprise. Mm. It, you know, and, and it shouldn't be a surprise. Like, right. But it's it's just good. It's just putting light in the, into the world. Yeah. You know, well, so. we're all brothers and sisters, and I think we need to be reminded of that. Yeah, we are. We are. And, and we, we, are, we are interdependent on each other. Whether we like it or not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I love talking to you. Hey. Thank you. This flew by. We talked about so much. Well, yeah, this was great. This we was talked great. about music yeah. and Italian we'll, food. We'll have to do, we'll do part two uh, sometime. That's what I've been saying to everybody lately because it just goes by so quickly. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to do a part two. There's yeah, so much indeed. more to talk about. Indeed. Well, we'll touch base after the record comes out. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Awesome. And yeah, thanks, thanks to Sunny. Shout out for Sunny's for yeah. having us. This is this is nice and cozy. This place is great. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Thank All you so right. much. And Merry Christmas, I guess. <laughs> Peace and love. See you guys. <laughs>